Reach for the sky, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A podcast that chooses wall-to-wall carpeting every time. Tough enough to drink napalm to soothe his heartburn, it's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello, 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 everybody. This is Doug Jones, as you just were told, your medical Medicare expert. And uh, I am so happy to have you joining us for another episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. Thank you very much. I'm hoping that you'll find it instructive or entertaining. And ideally, you'll find it both instructive and entertaining. I'm a little distracted because I'm watching a bug walk around on a screen and I'm trying to figure out what kind of bug it is, but it's walking around on the outside of the screen. So eventually when the sun starts shining on that window screen, it's probably going to get a hot foot and decide to move along. Anyway, we are here to talk about how Medicare is going to make your life better. Uh, As soon as you cross that line, you're probably going to have much stronger protection from your health insurance with my guidance, because that's what I do for a living. I help people choose the proper health insurance options when they're going into Medicare. And you're probably going to pay less for it than you have been paying all along under Obamacare. So uh, we think that uh, this is going to be your congratulations and welcome to the new world of Medicare at some point whenever you decide to take that giant step over the line. Uh, If you'll recall the Walt Disney movie about uh, the Alamo, when uh, Colonel Travis uh, drew a line with his saber in the, drew this line in the sand and told everybody to, uh, that felt like volunteering to defend the Alamo, to step across the line. And they all stepped across the line. And I think it was Jim Bowie that was in a a bed. He had some sort of physical problem and they carried his bed across the line. Everybody stepped across the line. And of course, uh, Turned out they were uh, they shouldn't have been as optimistic about the outcome as uh, they were because uh, it ended badly for almost all of them. But that's a story for another time. I am uh, running this uh, podcast to help introduce people to Medicare because uh, I have a book that I have codified all of the Medicare decisions that people are likely to make, and I have put it on sale at a very, very reasonable, almost a break-even price. So if you go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and search for Medicare for the Lazy Man, you are going to find the 2022 edition. It's got green numbers across the cover. And uh, if you're at Amazon, you'll be able to buy the hardcover version or the paperback version or the Kindle version or even the Audible version, wherein I read the book to you. I don't see how you can have any more of a relaxing experience than that. Uh, I will do all the work for you. I will turn the pages for you, and I will make sure that the information finds its way into your ears. So that is the inspiration for this show, and this is the reason we exist, to explain to you a little bit about Medicare. Every episode, we touch on something or other having to do with Medicare, and often I ask Randy to play our 30-second radio spot. So I'm going to clam up right now and hope that he actually does that. 
Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Yes, he did. Thank you very much, Randy. I appreciate you playing that 30-second radio spot that's been played in some of the largest cities in the country in order to acquaint people with our mission, the uh, mission of Medicare for the Lazy Man. So, Randy's drinking water. I thought he was going to do his puppet show. That's when he uh, I see him drinking, and he, his puppet still manages to talk. I haven't figured out how he performs that drink. So, Randy, what's going on in your life? Oh, gosh. It's a good day. It's bright and sunny out here in Arizona, but uh, I was really busy yesterday, so I'm playing catch-up here a little bit today. Well, what happened but, yesterday that you were so busy well, with? Well, we, we, uh, we had a, a meeting of the, uh, well, let's see, where were we? My gosh, we were busy. Uh, Metro Chamber of Commerce, Phoenix Metro Chamber of Commerce. We uh, did a presentation there for the folks. Uh-huh. Uh, went real well. Uh, the cord on the projector was a little short, but other than yeah. that, it... <laughs> <laughs> well, there should have been somebody there to help you with that. Let's replace that cord or something. That's, yeah, you would have you would have thought that, but no, uh, that's not uh, the way it worked. That doesn't it's, sound good. But you know, having been in the business for I don't know how many decades, and having been a consultant on the road doing presentations and all that stuff for so many years. Ask me how many times I've ever gone to a presentation where there wasn't something not working. Okay. How many times have you gone to a presentation where there wasn't something not working? Zero. Okay. So as it turns <laughs> out, had had everything gone according to plan, you would have been surprised by that, I guess. huh? Yes, that's true. I, not only would I have been surprised, Doug, I would have looked around going, is this the matrix? Yeah, the end of the world is coming. And, <laughs> so I swore I swore yesterday, and I'm not going to do it, but I swore yesterday, I'm just going to go buy one of those. Have you ever seen those little tiny, tiny, tiny miniature digital projectors now? Well, when, when you say digital, that's where you lose me. No, I've seen uh, small, you know, slide projectors. And, and well, they, uh, they have the, you know, like a... Uh, your TV in the olden days, you know, you could uh-huh. buy a projector to sure. project your TV channels and that stuff up on a screen. Okay. Well, they have, they have such a thing for guys to travel with and do presentations. You can put up, you know, you can, pre- you can project your screen or a presentation on the wall, or if they have a screen, you can do that too. And they're just little tiny things and you can actually carry them with you. And I swore yesterday after digging around and other folks trying to help us trying to find the HDMI cable, as those of you who know, that's a real that's a real important little item if you're going to yeah. give a presentation. Couldn't yeah. find, well, we eventually found it, but it was only about six inches long. But other than that, <laughs> everything went well. And uh, I swore to God yesterday when I walked out of that place, I'm going to go buy a projector. But so you know, if I can quote you, other than that, everything else went well. <laughs> you got a six inch. Holy crap, that sounds like a, a kind of a major malfunction. Yes, it, it turned out to be, but 
Uh, we finally figured it out by the one of the wait staff at the restaurants got a bright idea. It was a good idea because it made it work, but we stacked, she stacked up six high chairs because they're all stackable now in restaurants, stackable okay. high chairs. Yeah. She stacked up six of those dudes and Margaret put her uh, laptop on the tray of the sixth one and we were able to reach the HDMI cable. Well, it, you know, uh, asking how that went, it would be like asking my favorite question. Uh, other than that, how did you like to play, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> so that's basically how it was. Jeez, it, well, it, it was crazy. I mean, well, I'm I'm going to interject some good news here because people in Illinois are are celebrating today. They're out in the streets, throwing their hats in the air, and going huzzah, huzzah. Uh, I've got a little article here I've been saving for a while. Uh, back on August 1st, uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker, and we know him fondly as Pugsley. Pugsley, Pugsley Pritzker. Pugsley yeah. Pritzker, yes. Pugsley announced a public health emergency on August 1st, and he pro uh, proclaimed Illinois as a disaster area in response to, guess what, Randy? Oh, let me guess. Monkeypox? Oh boy, you got it on the first guess. That's in that's amazing. The increased number of monkey monkeypox state uh cases in the state of Illinois scared him enough that he had to lock down everybody. And uh that was 520 cases. That's all it took to scare him. So good lord. Theoretically, every, so everybody in Illinois has to take their monkey and go home. <laughs> theoretically, they're already home. They have to lock themselves in and they cannot patronize any local businesses or, have or, any let fun their, or let their monkey out so anyway based on that little article the uh the uh veil of uh <laughs> of monkey pox terror has been lifted as of today so oh, I'm pretty excited so, about oh that. so they lifted the lockdown well it started august 1st was supposed to last for 31 days if there was a renewal uh, or an extension i wasn't told about it so I just thought I'd I'd share that good news with any of our Illinois listeners that would like to maybe uh, venture outside and see if the sun yeah. is still there. And yes, so, yeah, absolutely. Now, how do then, they know? I, I've always wondered how do they know they need just exactly thirty-one days for this lockdown to fix? Yeah, up? what what changes from day thirty-one to day thirty-two that the monkeypox is not a scary threat anymore? Uh, that's there are a lot of questions I have about these uh, these little Hitlers that love to lock people down and uh you know the only thing i can say about the united states is it was even worse in australia and new zealand and some other places so uh it that doesn't mean it was good here in many of our states like california new york and so forth uh illinois ask city and uh, let's let's take all the sick people and put them in nursing homes and see how that works out a lot of bad bad hmm. things happen and so i'm hoping for some uh uh, shortened terms of office in our upcoming midterm elections, but we'll see. We'll see. Now, well, here's what else. I told you who the new. I told you who the monkey pox czar is going to be, right? Uh, tell me again, Mrs. Joe Biden. Oh, there you go, Doctor. We have to call her Doctor, don't we? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I understood there was some kind of a cheesecake picture of her with the. Uh, uh, some kind of fancy schmancy uh, stockings and uh, fairly uh, come hither 
clothing. And I just heard that on a podcast. I don't know where that picture might be located, but um, I mean, I'll give her one thing. She's probably not unattractive uh, when I see her from far away, when she's uh, helping Joe get off Air Force One or when she's helping Joe get out of the uh, Marine One, uh, find his coat sleeve and all that stuff, then uh, she looks like she would be a fairly attractive person. But I'm guessing that she enjoys the limelight a little more than I would uh, expect her to or more than I, a normal person would. Now, I don't know if this is true. And I, and believe me, I, I'm no expert and I'm going to claim ignorance. But somebody told me the other day when we were talking about uh her being the new monkeypox czar oh, that God. yes she has a doctorate but she wasn't she's not even a medical doctor is oh, that no, true it's a, it, it's a an ms in education an, an m a yeah maybe a, a phd in education it's like um, what, what do they know about monkeypox i'm gonna oh well you know all you all you have to do is put biden in front of a camera and he will pronounce whoever he wishes to be the best expert in the world just look at his vice president just look at oh, his uh, the performance of his uh uh press secretary you know the the, the genius just never stops coming out no, of that it, guy's it really doesn't it doesn't it just continues to flow and you know what else flows downhill oh never uh, mind uh, <laughs> well here's the other thing that happened i had uh. I was working my brain to the bone this morning, thinking of podcast uh, uh, content, and I had a couple of really good ideas, subjects that I like to talk about. And so I was scratching my head and kind of working on uh, how am I going to present this and how am I going to keep it interesting for the audience? And then I walked through the kitchen and Mary, who is who is looking for a big day next Tuesday, she's going to have a knee replaced. And uh, I didn't realize that she was reading the big book they gave her on knee replacement and what to expect and uh, how to prepare and all that stuff. So uh, she was laughing and she said, you ought to read some of this stuff. She said, it is incredible how stupid they must think I am. And I said, well, I don't think they, you know, it's written for the lowest common denominator. So they're probably, they didn't have you in mind when they wrote this book. And she said, it's got some ridiculous things that any moron would be able to figure out. They must think I'm a moron. And that's what they wrote the book for. So then I said, well, let me take a look at that. Maybe there's something worthwhile here. And uh, I enjoyed the the Snickers that she was having on the uh, items that they told her to, to uh, be concerned about, like uh, find somebody to cook meals for you, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, make sure that you have somebody to go get your mail because uh, you're not going to want to get your mail yourself. And it went on and on and on. So then the more I looked at this thing, the more I said, you know something, uh, there's probably some interest in what goes on with joint surgery, joint replacement surgery. And the phone rang and it was one of my clients. And he wanted to chit-chat about stuff, but mostly he's having a hip replaced next Wednesday. So Mary's knee is going to be next Tuesday. This guy's hip is going to be next Wednesday. And so we compared notes about that. I answered the questions he had. We hung up, and I started going through this book, and I thought, wait a minute. I know a lot of people who are undergoing surgery uh, periodically, uh, uh, friends, a friend's uh, sister just had shoulder surgery. Uh, Roy, who hasn't come in as a guest yet, but he will, he'll be a podcast guest. He's looking at shoulder surgery. Other people are um, 
doing the same thing. And I thought, well, maybe there's more to this than meets the eye. So I just tossed out my other ideas for podcast content. And I made uh, Mary give me her book. I pried it from her cold, dead fingers. I said, you'll get this back when I'm ready to give it back. So I thought, maybe let's go through the uh, material that they give you if you're bucking for a joint replacement, specifically a knee replacement from this particular medical practice. And I'm not going to name the medical practice, but uh, they're here in Arizona. They did Mary's other knee uh, probably two and a half years ago. And it was a it was a tough slog. The recovery was not as quick as she thought it was going to be. But um, th- things have changed. Things have changed considerably. Uh, one of oh, Randy's uh, got a question. Randy, I was just wondering a step one in that book, Doug. Uh huh. You know, since you told since you mentioned earlier, it's written written to the least common denominator. Right. Is page one in that book is what is your knee? <laughs> well, and uh, the other thing is, make sure we don't make a mistake. Write yes and no, <laughs> so we know which one to operate on, because we don't want to be replacing any good knees. No, no, and actually, you know how they really well. Now they they that may be how they really do it, but what I've seen happen is my my dad when he had his hips hip both hips not together but individually one time then another replaced not only did the doctor sign the hip they were going to work on they made him sign it well that's got to be a little awkward how are you going to write your name legibly on your own hip well it doesn't work out very well and depending on what you're taking out it could be really difficult I would think so. Yeah, that sounds like a very <laughs> difficult proposition. Well, you know, things that, like I said, things have changed in the two years, at, uh, two and a half years since Mary had her other knee done. Uh, they brought home <laughs> a, a thing that looked like a big cooler with hoses running to a bandage around her knee. And I didn't realize this, but I was going to spend the next few weeks making repeated trips every day to the uh, local gas station to buy bags of ice because it sent ice water circulating around the knee. And frankly, I was suffering through this. I thought I had enough ice in my refrigerator ice maker, not even close, not even close. And so uh, then I was talking to a friend of mine in Arkansas. We talk, you know, maybe once a year, every couple of times every year. It turns out his wife had a knee replacement a year before, and his horrible, most horrible memory of her knee surgery was having to go get ice over and over and over again. And he's got a pickup truck. I've just got an SUV. So he was able to carry more ice, and it still wasn't enough. And he said that was his, you know, her, her pain subsided and, but he was still in pain from the memory of getting ice. Well, now they have a thing that sends refrigerant to the area of the uh, operation, the surgical uh, uh, area, so to speak. And so no ice to get So I thought that was a fantastic thing. Also, there's some mechanical input when it comes to knee replacement. That's what I'm desperately trying to get to. Uh, so looks like this may be a four episode arc. I don't know. I uh, hope I can make it interesting enough to last that long, but the uh, booklet starts out with uh, selling you on the idea that you don't need to go to a hospital for the surgery. Now, last time Mary went to a hospital and she stayed overnight and then I picked her up the next day. Um, I don't know how she got out to the car, but it was, um, 
I know I brought her home and her her uh, pain killing medication was going strong because I've got a photograph of us and various neighbors that also had various problems, medical problems. They were all boozing it up. They had bottles of wine open and, and uh, they were sitting in our living room, uh, welcoming Mary home. But some of these people, one woman fell off her deck in Maine and was still recovering. She had a boot on and another guy uh, had a toilet and dropped it and it shattered and cut his Achilles tendon. And so he had all kinds of uh, mobility problems as a result of that injury. And somebody else had another problem too. And all these gimps were hanging around my living room, boozing it up uh, on the day that Mary came home from the hospital. So it was only later, it was only like the next day after that, that uh, the pain kicked in, I guess. So it says here that surgery location may vary based on the medical needs of some patients. The surgery schedule will let you, a scheduler will let you know if this applies to you. Each year, millions of procedures are performed in outpatient surgery centers. Although our volumes are not quite in the millions, this particular uh, practice is a brand new state-of-the-art ambulatory surgery center specifically built with uh, Mary's safety, comfort, and well-being in mind. From the moment you schedule your surgery to when you are discharged home, you and your loved ones will be cared for by a professional and experienced team who are specially trained in orthopedic surgery. So they're going to care for me. Apparently I'm a loved one. I guess I fit that category and they're going to care for the patient as well as me. Now I might suggest that they spend more of their time with the patient because I can kind of fend for myself while this is going on. So it goes on to say safety and quality. Our specialty at this practice is elective orthopedic surgeries. Patients coming into our center are healthy which prevents exposure to the wide variety of illness that can be observed in the acute hospital environment. And it is because of this that the uh, CDC states that ambulatory surgical centers are safer and cleaner than hospital settings. Now, that's the same CDC that tried to force everybody in America to wear a mask at all times. So I'm, I'm hoping that they're right about uh, ambulatory surgical centers being safer and cleaner than hospitals. As an ambulatory surgical center, Integrated, oh, excuse me, this place that we're talking about meets the same stringent federal and state guidelines as hospitals for safety and high quality health care. We monitor and take all necessary steps to ensure that you're safe and have the best care throughout your time with us. Oh, boy. That's page one. This may be a 10 episode arc. So the team, this goes on to really sell us on uh, the quality and safety factor. The team at this practice understands that surgery can be a stressful time for our patients. Yes, it can. I would expect it to be. Uh, we strive to provide a relaxed and pleasant atmosphere for you and your loved ones. Forget the loved ones. Just concentrate on the patient. That's my advice. Not only do we have ample parking, our waiting room, admitting area, and recovery rooms are all located in one easy-to-navigate space. You will be reunited with your loved ones as soon as possible after your surgery in preparation for your discharge home. Because our focus is that of scheduled elective orthopedic surgery, your surgery will never be delayed or bumped due to an emergency case coming into the center. Our physicians and perioperative team uh, together uh, work together to promote highly efficient on-time experience, you are at the heart of all we do and in providing individualized care 
how you need it is our priority. So the conclusion of all this is the entire team at this practice looks forward to being a part of your surgical journey. Thank you for allowing us the privilege of caring for you and your loved ones. Once again, I say, don't worry about the loved ones. I can, as a loved one, I can fend for myself. You don't need to waste any time on me. Okay. So we have another page with some weird looking little machines. They almost look like miniature Martians or what people back in the sixties on the twilight zone thought Martians might look like with antennas coming out of their heads. And this is, Mako, M-A-K-O, Robotic Assisted Knee Replacement Surgery. Mako Robotic Assisted Knee Replacement Surgery. It says, meet the, meet the Mako Robotic Arm. Mako Robotic Arm Assisted Surgery is a cutting-edge technology and joint replacement. It enables patients to have a more predictable and successful surgical experience with joint replacement surgery. Only a handful of surgeons in Arizona offer the MAKO system for total and partial knee replacement surgery. This uh, practice is proud to offer this advanced technology to our patients. MAKO is a tool, not a surgeon. Well, I kind of figured that when I saw the picture of these little, you know, Martian looking things. Using MAKO requires specialized training and expertise. The doctors involved are spe uh, specifically trained in using the MAKO system for total and partial knee replacements. Patients can rest assured of the highest levels of competency and skill when they see the doctors discuss their options for knee replacement. So it says, uh, you know, that's all That's all they're going to say about the Mako knee replacement thing. And uh, as I look at the clock on the wall, I see that we have burned up an awful lot of time, uh, both talking about Randy's experience at the meeting uh, at which they pitched their C2C um, services and uh, also uh, the goofing around we did before this article in the monkeypox. Let's not forget about that. So we burned up a considerable amount of the allotted time in our episode today, Randy. So I'm thinking maybe we ought to drop this and leave it for tomorrow. What do you think? I just have one question. Ask away. Isn't the, is this the same Mako company that used to be in competition with Earl Scheib, the, you know, the 3995 car paint guy? I know the, the Earl Scheib uh, paint and I know that the, it started out at twenty nine, maybe it was nineteen ninety five. Yeah, uh, I think. It was, then you see the was. guys, the guys painting the car with brooms, and you realize maybe <laughs> I, maybe I should go to a real paint shop. But this is more like the Mako. Uh, do you remember the Corvette prototype back in the sixties? Was a Mako Shark? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, this is spelled just like that, Mako Robotic Assisted Knee Replacement Surgery. And I will say that uh, in the movie The Sand Pebbles, there was a Chinese actor, and he had one name only, and his name was Mako. And this guy was uh, in The Sand Pebbles, uh, Steve McQueen taught him how to operate the engines. Uh, Steve McQueen was the engineer mm -hmm. of the, the gunboat. And so he said, well, look, you know, we're short of American sailors to operate these engines and we need these guys up on the deck to fight off the Chinese, the boxer rebellion and all that. So he said, I'll teach this uh, Chinese guy how to uh, operate the engines in the boat. And so he started out by teaching him how a steam engine works. And he says, well, what happens over here is stem, live stem. He was using the Chinese accent for steam, live stem. And then when it goes through the engine and it comes out the other side as water, he says, sleepy stem, 
sleepy stem. And he got the Chinaman to re, re, you know, uh, repeat after him and everything. And yeah, he yeah. actually he learned how to run the engines, you know, with using pigeon English, which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we, again, as you said, we've burned up our stem for today. Yes. So, so we <laughs> need, we sleepy need to stem. sleep where, yeah, we're down to the sleepy stem now. So we need to sign off for today. But before we do that, there's several things that I always want to take care of. And one of them is to write Doug. He looks forward to your emails coming in every day at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. That's dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Get yourself a couple paperbacks of his called Medicare for the Lazy Man, Simplest and Easiest Guide Ever, the 2022 version, which happens to be green, or you can get an audio version of it or a Kindle version of it. Either way or any combination thereof, it'll be the best money you ever spent. Just look at all of the basic information that you can get out of that book and all the reviews that Doug has. I don't think you've got any that are less than, well, I know they're both predominantly five, except for the people that wanted you to deliver the book personally. And then they gave you a four. Well, there, there was a disgruntled person who it became obvious when you read the review did not read the book. Yeah. So I, I believe that was a a competitor, a disappointed competitor. I think it was. So just think of it as all fives, because the ones that aren't fives are some sort of odd outlying sort of a problem. So definitely look into that. We're coming. Believe it or not, today is we're coming into the final part of the year. Today yeah. happens to be physically September 1st. Uh, that's the day we're recording. So Summer, think about summer's it. over. Summer's over. It's chilly out there. The leaves are yeah. falling from the cactuses. Yeah. yeah, it's chilly. It's 97. Now. It's only 97 <laughs> now. <laughs> Time to get the winter clothes out. Yeah, well, I think, oh, though, I look, you just picked up your arm and I see you got short sleeves. There for a second, I thought you had a sweatshirt on. No, this yeah. is my... This is my Busted Knuckles Garage t-shirt. The slogan is uh, repair and despair under the same roof. (laughs) Oh, dear. So thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. We appreciate every one of you. You could have been a lot of different places doing a lot of different things, but you weren't. You were here hanging tight with Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast, and we always do appreciate that because we enjoy doing it for you. So, But in the meantime, you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy originally sprouted out from Oklahoma, but now he's residing in Cave Creek, Arizona at an altitude of about uh, 9,423 feet in his fortress of solitude. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs>